In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Andre Portagoda, as co-founder of Go In-Store. Andre, welcome to the show. Hey, Bobby. Thank you for for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear your story. I I read a lot. I've watched some of the YouTube videos, so excited to hear your story and your company story. Before we get started, uh, if you don't mind, give us a little brief of, of, of Andre. What's Andre all about? Well, like I'm in my mid to late 40s, I uh, live in London, I've grown up in London. Since graduating way back in 2000, I've spent most of my career with technology, but supporting retailers. So, so largely on the e-com side of things. Um, I was never an e-commerce player, but I was, I was always on the vendor side. So, and you know, that, that focus was always using technology to help retailers improve the KPIs across their website. So the digital channel. And yeah, that, that's what I've done. Everything from email through analytics, through video. And then this all dovetailed into about seven years ago, we came up with an idea and I guess re- very relevant for, for, for you and your listeners was, you know, there, there's a massive difference between a website's performance and a physical store's performance, right? Physical stores, people walk in, you're much more likely to make a purchase, right? Than you are if you're on a website. And we have the numbers. I mean, you're, you know, for e-com, you're probably two, two to three percent of people that visit a website will buy something. Compare that same retailer's website, maybe 20 to 30 to 50 percent of people will buy something. So my co-founder and I, scratching our heads, got fed up making money for, for, for other people all the time, thought, hey, there's, there's an opportunity here. What if we could deliver the retail, the in-store physical retail experience in the online channel? That's where we started. We were probably about seven years too early. Managed to hang in there, you know, started to work in 2018, started to deliver excellent results. And what I can say to you right now is we had delivered exactly on what we wanted to do, which was we deliver an in-store experience in the online channel. And the proof is that the conversion rate and the average order value that people are getting in store, we're delivering in the online channel uh, using our technology. Walk us through a little bit of your technology. I mean, I, of course, get it, but just for our listeners to also understand. So the name is Go In Store. Uh, we do have some legacy hospitality clients like uh, Mary International and um, a handful of others, but predominantly we work in the retail space. And really, as I said, the mission was to deliver as authentically as possible an in-store experience. How do we do it? Well, in the same way that if you're, you know, you're in, in a shopping mall or you're, you're on a high street, um, your local high street, you can look in a window perhaps and then you know, go into the store and start interacting with the products and speaking to people. We try and replicate that online. So, so the scenario would be if you are on, let's take uh, Kay's Jewelers as an example. You guys have got Kay's out there. Uh, we work across the whole Signet group. But if you were, if you were to go to the Kay's website, as you're browsing the website, what we do is we look at the customer, uh, look at the page that they're on. And in the background, our technology, which sits on that page, is looking into the Kay's retail network right? And saying, is there any store associates available, right? Who are not speaking to someone in the store who are available right now and could potentially help this online customer, 
And if that's the case, what happens? We, we, we surface a call to action, a button uh, with a little face in it that says, Hey, I'm here to help if you, if you want interaction. Customer simply clicks it on their mobile, you know, on, the, on their laptop, their iPad, wh- whatever device they're on. It's b- embedded into the browser. They don't have to download anything. They simply click it, allow their microphone. And in the same way we're having this interaction here, I could be at home, but I'm teleported through a live video into the retail store. And that could be my local store. It could be a store that has someone in that speaks my language. Um, so, so we're intelligently connecting you and delivering, as, as I said, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, you can't feel it. But in terms of interacting with, with a store associate and, um, you know, being able to, you know, these guys being able to bring the product to life in the way that they do when you walk into, into stores, um, we deliver that. And, and, you know, as I said, the results are the same as going into a store. Is a store associate, so you're doing that intelligent routing. Uh, and that's great that you're doing it also by language as well. As you're doing that, uh, is that is that store associate using their own kind of mobile phone to interact? Sure. Or is it- it's, it's a great question because, you know, seven years ago, we started off with smart glasses. Some people still think we're the smart glasses guys, funny enough. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, 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 you know, again, the pandemic came along. We were exclusively on Android phones, so Samsungs and, and, and the like. Pandemic came along. We had brands like, as I mentioned, Signet Jewelers as an example because we work across the whole portfolio of clients and the, uh, you know, they, they needed to ramp up very quickly. We had five users in Dallas and they said, we need a thousand users in the next seven days so 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 we we you know the operation was really challenged but but we rose to the challenge but in answer to your question yeah it works so for the consumer side you're browsing a website and it's any major browser you know uh, chrome safari um, firefox whatever it is and any device the store associate gets an app and that app sits on either an iphone or an android phone and we have a windows version that people use a desktop if they want to do something a bit more formal in terms of sort of a you can plug in external cameras and get get more of a studio quality. And so I'm I'm the customer. I'm interacting with someone in a store location, and I'm seeing them. You know that that by itself is it goes a long way. Being able to see someone in a store location uh, and see that kind of live interaction. But then I want to add something to my cart. How do I do that? Sure. So so it's, it's a great question. Thank you. So store associates talking to the customer. What's important to point out is that we you know we're giving the consumer the benefit of an in store experience. But because this in-store experience is happening through a digital lens, we take all of the data that we get from the digital side and we use that to enhance the sales associates. So simple things like as the call's coming through, I can see that this person is interested in this particular sofa, right? So I know, I might know a bit about their browsing history, how long they've been on the site, or even perhaps some, some of their purchase history. So I take that call and I say, hey, you know, welcome to, you know, the sofa store. Um, I'm just, just making up a name here. I can see you're interested in this particular product. And then as I go through the showroom or the studio in some instances, but let's, let's stick to the showroom in this instance, you know, it might be that the product that I'm, or the products that, you know, the consumer is, you know, interested in are different to the one that they came in on. Well, as a store associate, I can simply access the full catalog in, on the, you know, associated digitally, the website in real time. And I can offer that to the customer's basket and you get a little window, the store, the, the, the consumer get a little window that says, you know, this your, your, your Andre is trying is offering this. Do you want to add this to your basket? Do you want to add it to your wish list, or do you want to um, reject it completely? So in real time, stores in the same way you're walking through, you know, um, I don't know Macy's fashion store as an example, and then you're picking up items, and you know maybe you're getting personal shopping or whatever it is. We're building baskets. We're just doing it di- digitally, and of course the delivery is fulfilled, you know, through the, the normal sort of supply chain for, for online. But the important point there, Bobby, is that, and, you know, tr- traditionally, if you go back a few years, if I went into Macy's and I got all that help, and then on my way out, I said, then, then I said, hey, thanks for that. I'm going to buy it online, right? That store associates just, you know, gets nothing for that. We flipped that on its head because 
if the transaction happens in the digital channel, we can actually attribute it to the store associate that helped that person. So, so now the store guys are like trying to take these calls and, you know, we're, they're rec- we're recognizing how much money they're generating and actually you can attribute it to that physical store, which is an important point, right? So, I mean, again, relevant to your listeners, you know, the, the, the physical store is, um, is changing anyway, and I'm sure we're going to get onto that. But, you know, uh, one, one of the, the, the challenges that we have with some people at the at sort of early stage in the sales process is, is to sort of break this thinking that you don't have to physically visit the store anymore to use the store. And that's what we're doing. We're using the physical store, but your potential footfall is significantly higher because how many people are on your website right now? And it's only people who live near the store can get to the store, right? So it's, it's a bit of a paradigm shift and a think of thinking, a change in thinking. Makes sense. Makes sense. What? Uh, give us uh, some stats. What are some some clients that use uh, your service, and what have they what have they witnessed and realized? So I'm really excited to to, to share this. I mean, we see uh, the most important thing. I mean, and again, it goes to my whole career. Every piece of technology we've sold into our website was based around: does it improve my customer satisfaction? Does it increase my average order value? And does it increase my conversion rate? Well, the great news is that our conversion rates, you know, the very lower end of fifteen percent. That's the very lower end, right? 15% as a conversion rate on a website is high, right? Most of our clients sit between 25 and 35%. And we have some clients that are converting at 50% and above. And peak season, like when we're going through, you know, sort of um, Black Weekend and Cyber Monday and Christmas, we see some of these rates really shoot through the roof. So so we've gone from, because of that, the, the, the conversion rate, I'm um, sorry, average order value, we see it up across the entire client base about 35% up compared to just an online transaction. And that's testimony to the type of, you know, if you think about this solution, it's not going to, you know, you don't necessarily need this to buy, you know, a banana or a tin of fruit, right? This is the stuff that I'm going to need some help with, right? So again, I mean, using jewelry is a good example. Pandora is a client, you know, the average order value online is a lot less than it is in store. Obviously, I can't give you exact numbers. And that's simple because, you know, people are likely to spend less online. When they go into the store, they get the expert, they upsell them. So we see an average increase across our entire client base of around 35%, which is great. And then the other metric, which we are particularly proud of, and is actually, you know, was not what we set out to do, but at the end of every go and store interaction, we have a video called "The Customers Surfaced a, a Very Short Three Questions." Hey, did you enjoy it? Was the was did you find what you were looking for? And uh, would you recommend this or something like that? Right, and it's a five star rating, and then they can leave some free text. During the course of last year, we surveyed six hundred fifty thousand people, and we achieved ninety four percent customer satisfaction rate. And then approximately half of those left comments, and those comments are really telling. They often reference the person that helped them. And some of these guys go into so much detail about how they saved them a trip to the trip to the physical store. Now we're not saying people shouldn't go to the physical stores. Of course they should, but you know, this is part of that, you know, that buying journey uh, for people who can't make it or, and as I say, you know, if it's as powerful and productive as a physical visit, then it should be regarded in the same way as a physical visit, as far as we're concerned, you know, by, by, by the retail businesses. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. This is exciting. I'm excited for you, Andre. This is great. Thank you. Really Thank great. you. You made a kind of a note saying, you know, you started the company seven years ago. You started to see acceleration here during during kind of COVID pandemic days. What do you think are the biggest changes in um, really consumer behavior over, over the pandemic? Great question. You know, and uh, I joke with, with everyone. I, I sound like a broken record. Everyone that knows me has heard it a million times. But I, I say, you know, I don't really believe in luck in business. And it's it's taken us seven years and a global pandemic to be an overnight success. Um, <laughs> the big change came because... There are other technologies that have video as part of their stack, 
right? And you know, there's there's there's, there's a bunch of companies that are doing it, and I'm telling you, I'm seeing them pop up all day. These guys are a bit more like WhatsApp. You know, instead of the chat bot connecting you to a call center, they're actually connecting you to your local store. And, you know, from there, you can go from a chat, you can exchange pictures, you can go to video and then find or, or share video. And then you can go to a live video. Go in store. We said, look, forget about all that. We want to start at the experiential, which is a live video. And that was the hardest thing to do, if I'm honest with you. It really is difficult, or really was difficult to convince a consumer to click a button and speak to a complete stranger in their local store. Right. Maybe they do it once and they get to know someone and they can, then it's, then it's different. But that was a big challenge. And, but we stuck, we stuck to our guns. You know, that was really, really challenging. It was around 2018 it started to work, but our growth was, you know, 20% year on year. Pandemic comes, the stores are closed, right? People don't want to leave their houses. So all of a sudden, if you wanted to buy a laptop and you needed help in doing it, there was no, you either did chat, which, you know, in our, in everyone's experience, I, I, please, I don't want to offend anyone, but, Let's be honest, if I want to buy something, chat's probably not the way I want to go if it's complicated. It's, it's frustrating. and it's, it, it's, So all of a sudden, we had you know people all around the world had no option but to click our button, and they feel forced to do it. But um, go back to it, 94% customer satisfaction rate. So they use it once, and then they were hooked. And we went from you know testimony to it. Um, we went from you know f- under 500 go-install interactions a day with our, across our entire client base to under five, uh, sorry, f- over 500 interactions per minute on Black Friday 2020. So we went, you know, 2.4 million interactions, you know, new interactions, first time users. And again, those stats stay the same. Conversion rates high. We did $150 million worth of revenue through, for, on behalf of our customers through our system during the course of last year. And you know what? The pandemic's easing out, should we say, you know, across the world thankfully, but we're not seeing a let up in usage. You know, this year alone in the first quarter, we did more interactions than we did for the whole of 2020. So it's a new norm and people have used it once they continue to use it. Now, I will, I will say one thing, Bobby, I mean, we, we, we do recognize that there is still a proportion of people who don't like to do video interactions. So we are, we are looking at opening up these sort of channels and sort of, you know, trying to best use you know, perhaps people who don't want to use video, maybe they want to use text chat, right? Because they're more comfortable with it. And what we're doing is working out what's the best way of handling that text chat. Should it be a store associate that handles it? My argument might be no, unless it was a particular level of expertise. But anyway, I'm getting into future roadmap stuff. Yeah, no, exciting stuff. Exciting. And totally what you're saying completely makes sense. I think even kind of coming out of the, hopefully the end of uh, this pandemic, I think we're going to see a lot of people's like behaviors have completely changed. And I think it's now a mix of, I still will go in the store for some things. I still will be able to interact using your technology for a lot of things. And, you know, in some cases for that commodity type product, if I'm buying toothpaste, it's just online. Let me just put it on. Yeah. You sign up right? for it, right? Yeah. 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 Andrea, what are some of the value drivers? Uh, if you had to give me like three value drivers that move customers to purchase today, what, what are some of those things? I think, you know, so, so it depends on, uh, I guess, the demographic. If we're going down to the younger generations and, and I'm falling off as a, at the other end of the spectrum here, but, you know, I certainly like customers. For me, it's, you know, customer experience and customer services is, is the main thing, but I guess I'm at that lifetime, right? I don't just want to get it. If I'm going to, I love bricks and mortar. You know, and I was, you know, I couldn't wait to get out and do some, do some, do some shopping. Right, I couldn't wait to get out and just, and you know, and make a day of it and go and go and eat and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I want, I want that customer service level when I go into a store, right? Especially for a considered purchase. If I'm going to buy something, it's it's the it's the end to end experience. I think at the other end of the spectrum, you know, and 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 you know, I've got a daughter who's who's 11. You know, she's slowly becoming more 
woke, I guess. So, so things like, and actually my, my, my wife's in business as well, and she's doing a course on sustainability. I think these are the things that, that the younger generations are thinking. I probably should do, be thinking about it more so as well, but I think those, <laughs> you know, that's it. So there's a big backlash, you know, fast fashion, right? Okay. People want those outfits, but how, how do we bring in the ethical element of fast fashion? And I see some great innovation there, you know, sort of recycling your fast fashion and stuff like that. So I think that's a, that's certainly a driver. And then the, the, the last one I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with is, is convenience. And, you know, I don't want to, don't want to be the wolf in sheep's clothing here, but, you know, people want the right information, the right time when they want it. Right. I don't, you know, and I guess, you know, going to store it to an extent can offer that. Right. So I do have, you know, the consumer, a massive consumer electronics store with me. It's about three miles away. I got to get in my car. I got to go down there. I'm not sure what I want to buy. Blending the online in, in store experience is what we do. And, you know, I can click a button, get the advice I need and they'll deliver it to me tomorrow. I don't have to get, leave the house. And I'm not saying I wouldn't, but there's an option there. So, so I'd say convenience is, is, is certainly uh, the third pillar in my book in terms of what people are motivated by. As you're out and about, uh, and you've probably seen a lot of great experiences, what are some of your favorite stores and experiences to visit? There's a sneaker brand that uh, we are in. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to say it because at the moment, but uh, they are a <laughs> London-based uh, sneaker brand. They have they have traditionally sold through concessions, and they uh, yeah I can't give away too much, but watch this space. So you know, the experiential you know theatre. You know, the Abercrombie and Fitch were doing it ages ago with the dim lighting and you know the sort of shirtless models and the fragrances and you know that's great. Uh, you got to attack the senses, I think, and you know make it a destination, not just I'm coming to buy something. But um, the brand I'm, I'm thinking about in particular, what they've done is, you know, it, it's a place to hang out. So you go there and they've really made it that you don't, there's no pressure to buy anything when you go in there. They've got sort of seating areas. They'll give you coffee. They have DJs coming in, guest DJs, you know, in, 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 into um, some of their store formats, which, which is really, really cool. And I think what they're doing is that they're selling that brand and, you know, thinking long-term, not just say, I want to sell you a pair of sneakers, you know, and that's it. And then email you. They're thinking, you know, we want you to really buy into who we are. And, you know, human beings through retail, certainly through fashion, but through many of the things we buy that defines us and, and it associates us with our tribe. You know, if you want to go sort of back in, back into the psyche of the human being. So they are open arms, welcoming people into their tribe by, by doing that. And I think that's a very, very clever way of doing things. It's interesting, right? As you go into into store locations, and even uh, I think more even now, uh, we we've talked to a lot of actually ecom brands lately that have actually started to build up brick and mortar type strategies. You know, they never thought they would go in brick and mortar before, but now it's like that level of experiential and that level of being a service customer even more, touch, feel, and be able to show X Y Z. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a big part of what we kind of see, uh, kind of grow right within the next few years. Yeah, there's a, there's a brand called Made.com in, in the UK and Europe. I don't know if they're, they're in the US at the moment, but Made.com, you know, was started by one of the chaps, Brent Holman, who, who was one of the initial guys in lastminute.com. He, I think these guys are one of the first pure players online to sell furniture. And the model was quite clever. They waited until they got a certain number of people wanting to buy something. Then they built it. So that's how, and then it got shipped in. I mean, the only thing about it back then was it was 12 weeks to get your sofa. And I used them. And you don't realize how long 12 weeks is until you don't have a sofa and you're, you're, <laughs> you're waiting for it. So, so that was the original model. But, you know, the business has grown. I 
think they've just have they just floated i'll have to have a look but i mean you know they, they, they were pure player online and now they've got store formats and also they've got the warehousing and the thing so i think i think there's a lot to, to be said for the pure players that go in into retail because it's a newer thing they seem to do quite well in that they're really thinking that store format from a digital perspective you're coming in to sit on it. You don't necessarily need to carry out the store that day. So my, my real estate space is purely based on experience, not, you know, stocking the shelves with stuff, right? Exactly. No, totally. You got it right. You talk about the importance of live video, which, which I completely agree with. What are some developments, projections that you see kind of for the future of technologies uh, in the near future? Yeah, so so I mean, you know, as far as our, our we're concerned, so look, I mean, I don't talk about it as much, but we have been doing live streaming for four years. We were pioneers. We did it before it was big in China, right? <laughs> we were doing it before it was cool. Um, we, we we've been doing it for so long. Um, what happened is brands like Dyson were using it. You know, we've got you know, I'd say twenty thirty percent of our of our you know portfolio using it, and we're talking about hundred deployments across thirty three countries, right? So people are using it. Live streaming is big in China and everyone is jumping on that saying, hey, hey, let's make it work. Now, I still think, look, it's starting to work. And, you know, through experimentation, you know, brands will get it right. Makeup, I think, is, is one that's starting to break through a little bit, you know, getting the right influences, all that sort of stuff. But there's a cultural difference between China, between the Chinese and the West, right? So because it's big in China, will it be good? Will it be big here? It might catch it. Well, it will probably catch on, but I don't think we're all suddenly going to become QVC shoppers online because that's effectively what live streaming is. Saying that, our version of live streaming is backed up by all of the intelligence and all the routing and all the cool stuff that we do on one-to-one. We can do it as, as, as one-to-many. So it's one-to-unlimited effectively, which is, which is live streaming. So, so that's you know, we're prepared for it and we're, we're working with our customers to support them through their experimentation. Other stuff that um, I think is really exciting, you know, we, we've invested really heavily in R&D. We are, you know, there's some cool stuff in terms of AR. One of the beautiful things about us is that, yes, we're using the physical store, but there's this digital lens that sits in between every time one of our interactions. So if I go into the store and there's AR there, you're asking me to take my phone out, right? It's got to be pretty compelling. With us, everyone's already looking through their phone or through their desktop, or they're certainly looking through the in-store associates phone. So we have an unexcusable or un, you, you can't even switch. I mean, you can't avoid it. If we wanted to implement AR uh, there, then you know the, the customer can see it. So when you think about that, you think about endless aisles, right? I Maybe I have a small store, right? But, you know, you've got all these different variations in a warehouse. Well, what if I can bring up the variations on my phone, which are AR, AR sort of CAD created, and they're realistic, right? So now all of a sudden, I could have a tiny store, but I could, I could you know, have a live video interaction and show you a full, full range of, of products offering alternative colors, designs, point and place. You know, I can, you're at home. I can send, send you what I think is great. You look at your own wrist and all of a sudden we put the Breitling watch on there for you or, or put the furniture in the corner. So that's really exciting for us. It's a natural fit. We're working with a lot of the, the AR companies that are out there. A uh, few of them out in the US, some of the bigger guys. Uh, so that's really interesting. I think, I think data is great. We have access to data that retailers just haven't had and and that is quite simply if i walk into your store bobby and you you know you know how many sales have been made in the day but do you know which associate made which sale maybe do you know how long each associate spent with that person do you know how long the customer what the customer said in terms of comments after that you know so that level of detail that we get and also the ability to say well you know we know traffic on your website per category 
to an extent, we can tell you what staff member you should have in store at any given time of day to deliver the best possible result. So there's a, there's a level of data that we are able to extrapolate because of this, this digital lens that we have into the retail store, which has not really been, you know, tapped into before. And it's just the beginning. There's some really cool stuff coming because, you know, what if we can extrapolate the content or what we discussed or how you, how much you smiled in the call or, you know, did you talk about this particular element of the vase versus something else? Then you point that towards the conversion rate and the average order value. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got this machine that can start to train people and prompt them and, you know, always pushing people to, to giving the consumer the best option of finding what they want and buying it and giving the store associate the best option, the best possibility of selling something. You're just as passionate about brick and mortar as, as I, I am. am. So I, I, love am. It. <laughs> I love it. Now, do, do you know what? And the thing is, I, I've been on the e-com side. You know, I've been on digital, but it's, uh, you know, I, I'm a salesperson. And, you know, I remember when I studied my, my, my degree in probably vastly redundant degree in psychology, you know, 25 years ago, I had a lecturer who said, you know, some jobs will become automated. For instance, sales that won't exist in the future. It will all be done by machines. And I'm like, well, no, you know, it's people buy from people. People buy from people, right? For sure. 100%. 100% agreed. What do you think, Andre? What's what's kind of the future? What's the future of technology that you're seeing? I mean, you talked about some of it, of course, but what do you what are you super excited about outside of AR and kind of the future of what you what you guys are doing at InStore? Yeah, I mean, I think I've touched on a few, a few bits, and you know, this is I say it's the future. This is within possibility. We're talking weeks, days, months here, right? So AR, you know, VR. You know, I was reading about um, Ready Player One. You know, the, the movie, the Spielberg movie, has, and that's that's a reality now. You know, we, we've got a second universe. We've got a, a replica of the planet digitally, and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's very exciting. Looking further out. You know, I, and, and it goes back to the motivations for, for, for people when they buy something. They want sustainability. They want, they want convenience. Um, and they want theater. So I think, you know, those, those three elements will drive innovation is the truth of it. I want to shop in Shanghai right now. I can. I think that's what it is. It's, you know, humans are driven for the need for, for convenience and comfort, right? The scary thing is, you know, you, you asked me about, you know, what the future is. As I said, all the stuff that we're talking about is, it's possible right now it's just you know who's going to release it first and is it going to catch on the rate at which you know the covid has forced people to rethink and to develop and invest in the future there's just some crazy stuff happening but it's mind-boggling to try and think too far down the line because you know anything's possible love it andre that was a wealth of information our listeners are truly going to enjoy this anything i forgot to ask you that you want to make sure that our listeners get to know no, just a comment. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to get out on a flight to the US is the truth of it. Listening to your, your, um, Northeast West Coast accent. Uh, <laughs> I got family in, in Miami, you know, just before COVID hit, I was in San Francisco on a business trip. I was in Silicon Valley and managed to, to slip off to Las Vegas for a few days with my business partner. <laughs> well, why, why? So I had to lower my voice. My wife's in the next room, but uh, <laughs> she knows, she knows, but yeah, no, no, I mean, I, you know, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. You know, I, I do. Well, visit us yeah yeah absolutely man without a shout absolutely well perfect well thanks thanks so much again for your time that was great wealth of information for our listeners and looking forward to meeting you in person soon all right bobby thank you very much thanks for tuning in to this episode of brick and mortar reborn to find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes head over to brick and mortar reborn.com